0: It Ears podcast where
1: we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela and I'm Joe and on today's episode we're going to be playing some Walt Disney World Q trivia. Yeah. Angela we paid very detailed attention to the queues this time <laughs> when we went to Walt Disney World and that was because we were in them a lot longer than we have been in <laughs> yes. the past because lines were a little bit longer. So if you have not heard our trip recap uh, go check that out. That was a few weeks ago but Angela really paid attention to line and she has some trivia to try to stump me on this week to see if I if I paid attention, or I if th- I was just in La La Land the whole time.
0: I think I'm going to get you
1: on a few of these. We will see. But before we get into that, let's cover some Disney news. And there was a lot of pretty big news, both internationally and domestically this week. So let's start internationally. Let's start with Disneyland Paris. And I like starting at Disneyland Paris because for the past year or two, you know, since Disney has taken over full control of Disneyland Paris... I feel like they use it as their testing ground for a lot of ideas that we, mm-hmm. you know, see stateside. They were the first to have lightning lanes, you know, the, the premier access and everything that, that quickly came over here. They had parades back first, character hugs back first. So I, I kind of see them as a barometer for what Disney's thinking about. So the news out of Disneyland Paris this week is that they are creating a premier access ultimate pass. So, they have a, what their Genie Plus is called Premier Access over there. So, this is the Premier Access Ultimate Pass. And what this is, it's around $96 uh, US. You get a lightning lane for 12 attractions. So, instead of paying individually for, hey, I wanna ride Remy or I wanna ride Space Mountain and buying the individual attractions, you get all 12 attractions that have lightning lane availability and you get a little bit of a discount. And so you're kind of guaranteed a pass on each of these 12 rides. So this was very interesting because we don't have this in the US. So it'll be interesting to see if it comes over here. But I actually like this idea of you pay a little bit more get guaranteed on multiple rides because we talked about at our most recent trip it's very hard to get individual lightning lanes we tried to get on mm-hmm. rise of the resistance we weren't able to, to get a lightning lane there people that get genie plus have a hard time getting a lot of attractions i think now they say you you know you can only expect two or three and that's 15 so i kind of like the idea of you pay a little bit more but you're guaranteed more attractions
0: Yeah. I think this is a really great idea. Again, it does concern me because it does seem like it's giving it gives them an excuse to continue to overbook the parks and then say, well, if you want to ride the rides, you just pay more money. And it's like it's already so expensive. You know, I think that maybe the thing that they should do that would be better to up guest satisfaction. And again, we've talked about that in the past too, where they're not necessarily incentivized, incentivized even to up that guest satisfaction because people are going in droves. But you know, if you charge a little bit more per ticket, then the the pop like the the number of people maybe that go to the parks will go down a little bit and then you don't have to buy these like crazy things but again I mean it's hard because again when you're talking about money you don't want to exclude people from being able to go to Disney but it it, this this does like I think it's great but this does strike me in a weird way where it's like well if you want to want to be able to ride these rides then hey you pay this extra money on top of your ticket price and now you can definitely ride them
1: Yeah, it's interesting because Tokyo Disney came out and said they're actually looking to reduce the number of people in the parks on a daily basis to improve guest satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of unique to see them coming out saying, hey, we realize there's too many people in the parks. We want to try to spread it out throughout the year. So overall attendance is up, but there's not these like peak days. And we'll get to Tokyo Disneyland in a minute here. But going back to Disneyland Paris. I you know I get what you're saying like it's so crowded yeah if you just pay we can ride everything I think what this does is and maybe what Disney's trying to test out is does, does this fix some of the issues with Genie Plus of people paying $15 and not being able to book the attractions they want and and having issues with I only got one ride in I only got two rides in it wasn't valuable enough or I couldn't book a lightning lane where again I don't know that you need 12 attractions I think it's nice at Disneyland Paris They haven't released when this will come out yet, but hopefully it's out in the summer we're planning to go over there. I mean, I think this is something that's perfect for somebody who's never been there, who's only going to be there Mm -hmm. a few days to be able to ride everything. But where I see this, and what I think is maybe a good model is, like at Walt Disney World, instead of saying it's $15 and you pick things as they're open, charge maybe $30 and you can get four or five attractions. So kind of build an itinerary because maybe you have young kids And so you don't want to ride Space Mountain or you know Tower of Terror, but you wanna make sure that you get in to see the princesses and you wanna get in to see Haunted Mansion, the jungle cruise. Like pick four or five of the attractions to build your itinerary around. And then just, you know, I'll just pay you $10 more to guarantee I get in them. And then I don't have the stress of I gotta be up at seven and make sure I get my first lightning lane. And then I got to go on and hopefully there's one before eight o'clock at night so that I can get something. It's just like, pay a little bit extra, get what you want, and know you're kind of guaranteed and set for the day. So I like that idea of the model. Again, I don't know that you know $100 for every attraction is worth it because people don't necessarily want to ride every attraction. But I like that idea as a way to maybe fix Genie Plus where you pay a little bit more, but you just kind of pick you know three or four things that you want.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think time will tell on this one, but yeah, I, I know that I, I'm a little bit reticent to see them charge extra money for anything, but I guess as a parent, this would be nice at least to have, um, you know, if you wake up in the morning, you say, Hey, we're going to go see Cinderella today. And then the lines weigh forever long and they don't get to see it. I can't imagine the amount of disappointment your child's going to experience and how that would ruin your day also. So this might be a way to guarantee that.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it just it eliminates frustration. I feel like, and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I want them to charge more, but I think it's a better value to maybe pay a little bit more and to be guaranteed and not have that frustration, not constantly be looking at your phone, yeah. like getting the time. Is everything working out? Versus paying 15 bucks and being utterly frustrated because you got one ride in. Yeah, type thing. So, all right, moving on to Tokyo Disneyland. Like we mentioned, they talked about wanting to kind of improve the experience of the parks and and try to reduce crowds on any given day. But the the big news, and this is a kind of a crazy surprise to me is that they are redoing Space Mountain and they're giving it a much more futuristic look on the outside. It looks like it fits in very well with Tron with the light cycle coaster. And I originally thought, Oh, they're just redoing the outside of Space Mountain because it has the same shape and everything like that. But no, they are actually tearing down Space Mountain and building an entirely new uh, Space Mountain there with a Tomorrowland redo, and this is going to take three years. So they announced this now. Space Mountain will be open until 2024, in which time it will close, and it won't reopen until 2027. So this is kind of huge news that they are completely tearing down and rebuilding such an iconic attraction. This isn't something Disney parks have done in the past. Like, could you imagine them? In, you know, Walt Disney World saying, "Hey, we're we're going to tear down." haunted mansion and, and rebuild it, you know, <laughs> no. in like three years. So it, it's very interesting. And I'm interested to see, you know, what this ride becomes, I think it's going to still be similar to the space mountain we have, they talked about having, you know, updated lighting and sound packages in it. But if you haven't seen the concept art, go check it out. Um, but this is pretty big news out of Tokyo.
0: Yeah, I think that it looks, it looks more like Our current renderings of future, what the future would look like with cool lighting and um, versus kind of like the outdated, like the old Space Mountain kind of reminds me of stuff that you would see on like Star Trek, like a more Star Trekian type uh, building. So I think that this is, yeah, it looks really cool. I'm excited to see it. And I think that I'm interested to see how it changes.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing about this is if people really take to the style of it, and Disney wants to re-theme Tomorrowland's around the world, especially in the U.S. because it's always a struggle to have Tomorrowland when the tech seems yeah. outdated, I feel like you could very easily, because the building shape looks like it's going to be the same, you could easily overlay this facade, especially in Magic Kingdom where you're going to have Tron. Like I said, this fits very well with the Tron theming. So you know they don't have to tear down Space Mountain in Magic Kingdom, but I could see them redoing the building and kind of changing to Marland to give it a different look and feel. All right now coming stateside over at Disneyland they announced that the Paradise Pier Hotel will be undergoing a transformation to become Pixar themed and some great you know artist renditions of this they have the Luxo lamp uh, with the Pixar ball it looks like that will be uh, kind of in the lobby um, so they're going to be working on this re- redo. they also announced that you know as part of this they're going to be building a walkway uh, from the hotel for people to access the parks and kind of buried in this press release a little bit. They also mentioned that they're working on early park entry for hotel guests over in Disneyland, oh, wow. which is good. But the one thing they also mentioned is that uh, later this summer guests at the Disneyland resort hotels can look forward to the ability to send theme park merchandise back to the resort hotel, which this is something that Walt Disney World had mm-hmm. in the past that I don't believe has returned yet when you can do your shopping and send things um, back to your hotel. So it looks like it's coming uh, to Disneyland. So I think that's good news that that some of these things will be coming back uh, to Disney World as well. But, you know, pretty exciting. Tokyo Disneyland just opened a Toy Story hotel over there, which looks incredible. Really well done. So I think if uh, they do anything like that with Pixar uh, over at Disneyland, I think this hotel will be beautiful.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it- It kind of reminds me, you know, the artist renderings remind me of the Toy Story Hotel because you sort of do have that like larger than life feel to some of the things inside. And then I also really like in that photo, like there's like a mobile that has like abstract versions of different Pixar characters. So I think it looks really interesting. I'm excited to see what it looks like when it
1: opens. Definitely. And then at Disneyland, they also announced that the Oogie Boogie Bash will be returning and there's some new costumes for Mickey and Minnie. Mickey has a... Like pumpkin costume that he's wearing, uh, so those costumes look great. Really excited to see those. And then Walt Disney World announced that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party will be returning this year. So it's gonna be starting in August because there's nothing uh, that says <laughs> Halloween more than you know hot August night in Florida. Uh, so from August 12th to August 31st, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party will be running. Uh, Tickets are going to be priced between $109 and $199. The interesting thing about this is Disney mentioned in there that they're going to be doing Halloween-themed overlays of some attractions, including Space Mountain, which they've never done an overlay of Space Mountain before, which makes you wonder, are they going to bring Ghost Galaxy to the Magic Kingdom this year as part of the Halloween party, which I think would be a great way to get people excited uh, to go and to ride Space Mountain.
0: Clarify what Ghost Galaxy means.
1: So Ghost Galaxy is an overlay that they did, I believe, in Disneyland and I believe in Hong Kong uh, Disney. It's an overlay that they did uh, part of Halloween at uh, those Space Mountains in which they had different music, different projections. There was actually like a a skull creature that kind of followed you uh, around. It's called Ghost Galaxy, but he's kind of more of like a a uh, skeleton-type creature. Uh, And so kind of just a different overlay to the attraction. Uh, You can go check out YouTube videos if you're interested. But these kind of special overlays aren't something they typically do in Walt Disney World. Like they do the Jingle Cruise for Christmas, but they they talked about overlays. They mentioned Space Mountain. So I think a lot of people are thinking that they may be doing Ghost Galaxy, uh, which I think is a a pretty popular overlay that they've done uh, at some of the other parks before.
0: Wow, um, we didn't plan to go in that time frame, but now I'm thinking we've never been to the not so scary Halloween party, and it makes me want to go.
1: I know a lot of candy. It's it's I believe 37 nights, but you get free candy, and it, it's kind of the full Halloween party again this year. So the Sanderson sisters are going to be there. The Headless Horseman's going to be there. They're going to have these overlays of attractions. So yeah, it's kind of back in its you know full scale and everything. Um, so yeah, it kind of does make you want to take maybe a quick trip down there uh, just to check this out.
0: Oh man, this is bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is really bad. Disney knows how to get us. Disney knows how to get us here. Oh my goodness. All right. And the last thing to mention down in Walt Disney World is that I'm sure everybody has heard about this. Uh, With Reedy Creek Improvement District, the Florida government voted to repeal the legislation that basically gave Disney the right to uh, govern themselves, tax themselves and things. I was actually working on an episode about The history of Reedy Creek, uh, why they started it, what it meant, what powers it gave Disney. Um, and then this all came up like out of nowhere, like nobody had heard about Reedy Creek <laughs> until like three weeks ago. And then I feel like it's like really, you know, overplay at this point, I feel like everybody has heard about it. So don't really think I need to do a full episode on it. Maybe later, maybe, you know, once this all kind of plays out, because uh, it is not ending immediately, it's not ending until June of next year. So maybe once we get uh, some better guidance on what's going to happen, what it's going to replace. Maybe we can talk about that. But a quick recap for anybody that doesn't know, the Reedy Creek Improvement District, uh, because Walt Disney World sits in two different counties, they created their own kind of government entity so that that way um, they wouldn't have to deal with different regulations in each county. So depending on what county they're working in, um, there would be you know different permitting offices to go through, different counties to kind of deal with things. They were able to kind of self-contain all of that so that they could uh, get projects uh, through quicker, they were able to issue bonds and tax themselves to pay for bonds for things like road improvement, things like that. So very like technical and you know governmental boring, which I think is why nobody had heard of it or <laughs> cared about it uh, until a few weeks ago. But yeah, the the Florida legislature voted to dissolve that in June of next year. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, what happens ultimately with it, because there definitely are. I think a lot of ramifications and I think, you know, if it does go through, it could slow down some of the expansion and and things that, that Disney has. Part of me thinks that maybe there's a play in this and this is kind of me overly speculating that there's a play in this, that Disney announces we're going to build a fifth theme park in order for them to keep this uh, improvement district in place as maybe like a trade-off so that Uh. both sides can kind of win where Disney's like, well, we get to keep the district and Florida can be like, you know, we're going to get billions of dollars in investment in here. I don't (laughs) know if that will happen, but we'll see. But yeah, so kind of don't really think we need to talk about it right now anymore because I think people uh, have heard probably too much about it at this point. But definitely interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't squawk or complain if they build a fifth theme park, though. I like that speculation. So maybe something positive can come out of this. So, hey. I, I like that. I like I like looking at the, the the bright side here.
1: Yep. Silver lining to everything. Glass half full type of guy. All right. So let's jump into our main segment here. So Angela has some questions for me about cues in Walt Disney World. So some trivia questions about the cues, And we're going to see how many I can get right. Feel free to play along as you listen and let us know how well you did. Uh, send us a message over on Facebook. We're Enchanted Ears over there. Let us know how well you did.
0: All right, so we're gonna get started off with an easier one, and then we'll I'll give you some harder ones too. So on the Millennium Falcons Smugglers run, what are all three roles that you can get assigned prior to getting on the ride?
1: So three roles, so that's you could be a pilot, uh, an engineer, or a gunner.
0: very good.
1: okay, that, that, I think that was an easy one. Yeah, not really cue driven per se. Well, you
0: get it while you're waiting, okay.
1: All right, let's so, go to the next one. I'll take it though. Yeah. I'll take I'll take the win there.
0: Okay, so this one now highly specific to the to the queue. So, next to the desk in the lab part of the queue in flight of passage, there is a bookcase with many books. There are multiple books by a real scientist who is famous for studying a specific animal species. Who is this person?
1: So, this is in this is in the lab. This is right before you kind of get on to kind of like go up one of the ramps to to go in. Mm-hmm. So this is like where the the Navi animatronic is. There's a desk uh, there with books.
0: Yes, yeah. There's a desk there, and um, I think there might be even like a little refrigerator there, and then there's a bookcase next to it. Okay.
1: That. I'm gonna guess because you said it's a a scientist that did one specific species. I'm gonna guess because it's Animal Kingdom. It's Jane Goodall. There's maybe a book by her there as just kind of a nod to Animal Kingdom. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, All right. Correct. Yeah, there's a couple. I, like, I don't know any other scientists yes. that it could be.
0: Yes. A few of her books are So that's there. a
1: fun little Easter egg mm-hmm. around Animal Kingdom uh, and everything like that. So that's what's great about these queues is there's a ton of Easter eggs either to the parks or if there was an old attraction that they tore down and built a new one, that there's Easter eggs to the old attraction in the new queue. Um, so it, it's a fun, if you just have time. You know, just to kind of look around, and, and you can catch a lot of stuff in these cues.
0: I think you remember this better than I do, but didn't they actually consult Jane Goodall on the um, on the chimpanzee on the Tree of Life? I'm pretty sure that they they did. Um, maybe I'm making that up, but oh, I maybe s- I swear that actually it's patterned after her one of her um, chimpanzees that she interacted with. So it's pretty cool. So on staying in Animal Kingdom on Kilimanjaro Safari, according to the video that plays in the queue. And sometimes they mention this during the actual safari itself. How did the conservationists help the African farmers solve the problem with ele- elephants on the farmland?
1: I remember this because we were waiting in that queue for a very long time <laughs> uh, when we were just there recently. Uh, and it's bees because apparently elephants hate bees. And mm-hmm. so if they have bees there, they hear the the bees buzzing and they just run away
0: right so yeah they were having issues with the elephants coming through the land and trampling the uh, crops so then they found a way around that so that the farmers wouldn't have conflicts with the elephants and obviously it's a mutual benefit because the elephants are no longer in danger and the farmers you know aren't obviously mad and antagonistic toward them because they're ruining their livelihoods so it's pretty cool Um, interesting little fun fact okay so over in epcot Which ride has a game where the players are separated into teams? The teams are green, yellow, red, and purple. And then that is projected on five giant screens.
1: There's a game in the queue.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think you can play it on the Disney Play app. So
1: In Epcot. Um, I'm trying to think. When you initially were, were saying teams, I was thinking Mission Space because that's broken up by colors. There's really not many queues in there that have... Like interactive games, I mean, most of the Epcot queues are like old school queues where you're just waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they do not have uh, very themed or, or highly themed queues. Uh, I'm I'm stalling for time here. I'm gonna say Soren. I think Soren has like a trivia game in it. Is that right?
0: That is it's okay. The, it's called the Soren Challenge, and they have those big screens as you're going up the like ramp.
1: Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Like that's the only one where yeah, there's there's like a yeah, there's like a trivia game or something to do. Because I I was just thinking like, you know, Spaceship Earth is just a cue. Living with the land is just a cue. You Mm -hmm. know, the movies and stuff are just cues. Frozen has a very themed cue, but I knew there wasn't a game that you're splitting to, you know, teams (laughs) on there. So uh, yeah, kind of process of elimination there. You got to get to Soren.
0: So sticking with Soren, who is the actor that gives the pre-ride safety talk for Soren?
1: That one's easy. Everybody knows that. It's Patrick Warburton.
0: Yes, yeah. So it's Patrick Warburton,
1: Kronk himself.
0: Yep. So this one now, kind of, you know, you had a couple easy ones in a row. So this one's definitely challenging. More challenging one. Okay. Yes. So which, and I made a multiple choice to kind of give you a little help. Which of these places is not listed in the directory in the Tower of Terror um, directory as you're getting onto the elevators?
1: Okay. Which so, which place is not listed? Right. Okay. So it's
0: you're here. Are your four choices mezzanine lower level
1: cigar room library oh so you're you're like in a library uh, during the pre-show so i'm gonna say that's in there i definitely think there's a lower level because you go into the basement i'm gonna say cigar room is not listed do you have a reason why you think that well, cause again, I, I think you're in the library, you go to the lower level. I think mezzanine makes sense. I think cigar room would be like an odd thing to have in a park. Cause it's, it's related to smoking. That's not something you kind of want to maybe necessarily portray around kids. So that's my, that's my thought there, at least that, that the cigar room is not listed on the directory.
0: Okay. Well, it's good that you pull, pulled out the lower level as one of the first things that you said, because that's listed five times. Okay, So I don't know exactly why. It's kind of funny. I mean, I guess because it goes down and down and down, but yep. the you are correct. The cigar room is the answer there. So good job. And it's really interesting. I took a picture of the sign. I mean, a lot of the letters are missing and things. So um, again, to make it look old.
1: No, Tower of Terror definitely has a, a really good queue kind of right at the pre-show so again you know a lot of it's outside it's just regular queue but once you actually get into the hotel the lobby area is there's a lot of detail there there's a lot of things you know to really look at if you can spend some time in there same with the pre-show when you're in that library Mm -hmm. you know I was kind of just looking around the last time we went just at like some of the books and the desk and just like things around there where you have the most detail to see usually is where you have the least amount of time, right. so like the lobby you move through pretty quick, the pre-show you move through pretty quick, or you, you know you're looking at the video, so you don't really look around there. So it's kind of a shame that they put that much detail yeah. into those areas when you you, know, you spend an hour outside and there's yeah. really nothing to look at. But it was really great to see that. I, I was also you know kind of amazed, and it never really like clicked with me uh, until we went our most recent trip uh, and we we're kind of you know looking at. The queues and because we were in line a little bit longer, um, you know, this past time because it was more crowded. But like everything has to be made so durable. Because I was thinking of like they have to make like when I was at Ratatouille, like you know they kind of have that you're on like the building uh, in France and stuff like that. And there was like fake glass and stuff, and it's like you have to make this so durable because you can have a little kid come in here and just like try to climb on it or hit it. Like it can't be real glass. It can't be breakable. Um, And even in tower of terror, like the stuff on the desk, I tried to pick something up and it's, you know, it's glued down because again, anything where you can interact with guests, it has to be built for thousands and thousands of people to come through and to kind of withstand that. And for whatever reason, like I never thought of that. And it's like, as you're an imagineer, you have to think of that, of like, what, if somebody could do something, what are they going to do? And we have to account for that. If
0: somebody's a doofus and tries to pick this up.
1: <laughs> yeah, if somebody wants to steal, you know, one of these <laughs> yeah. things, we got to have it glued down or something. So yeah, it's it's neat to see that and the kind of the work that they put into that. And again, it's a kind of a shame that it's usually at the point where you're kind yeah. of moving through the quickest.
0: True. And st- and because that ride was so rich in information, um, my next question also pertains to the Tower of Terror. So, And you also would know this from running the race, but what year does the video tell you you're stepping into when you ride the Tower of Terror? Because w- we actually went through in the race. They actually had us go through like a time warp yeah. thing, but we never came out, I don't think. So I think we might still be in this year. We might be stuck.
1: I it's either nineteen twenty nine or nineteen thirty nine. I want to say it's nineteen thirty nine. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer.
0: Darn, I was hoping you'd change it. No, it's nineteen thirty nine. Good job.
1: I will say so. We're we're doing Disney World cues here, but kind of speaking of Tower Terror. And Disneyland's version, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission: Breakout, one Easter egg in there is whenever you get into the boiler room scene, you know, before you're getting on the elevator uh, of the tower there. If you if you look up, they have an old Yeti from mm-hmm. the Matterhorn up there. Yep. Um, so that's a fun little Easter egg and a callback to you know over in Disneyland the Matterhorn, and it fits because. It's the collector. Right. He's going to have some crazy stuff. Uh, and it's it's crazy to see because it's a very old version of the Yeti. You know, the Yetis yeah. look much better on the Matterhorn. Um, so if you're ever in Disneyland, definitely check that one out.
0: Yeah, that is pretty fun. He- heading on over to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. If you are paying, it, like looking at right before you get on, in the actual ride, it tells you the name of the trains that you get on. So what is the name of the train or at least the train company? What is it called?
1: I don't know. I know there's I think it says like RR on it for railroad. Um I think there are 3 Rs. I don't I don't know what the name of the train is. So it tells you before mm-hmm. before you load on uh, the queue. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know.
0: Okay, they are the Runamuck Park trains. Okay. So that's the I think third R. So Runamuck.
1: So but the mu- the Runamuck uh, railway. Okay.
0: Yeah, and as a bonus question, of the posters that change, which we learned, we thought they were on like a roller, but they actually are digital, which is really cool, but it makes it look like they roll. Name two of the shorts that are advertised.
1: There's the, it's the Three-Legged Race. I know that one because I remember it's it's Mickey and, and Pete. And then it's like the Yodel one. Is it like Yodelberg or something like that? Very good.
0: Yeah yes you got two of them do you remember any of the other ones
1: there's one about the bullet train uh in tokyo tokyo go tokyo go okay and i know they advertise the short you're in the perfect picnic uh is one of them good uh, this really helps that i was just there a few weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> to remember these because i i don't know that i would have uh remembered them and it it was easy because it again i linked to some of the ones um For the shorts that we've seen, like the Yodelberg and stuff like that, so uh, I don't remember any other ones though.
0: Okay, well you did pretty well. I don't know if I would have gotten that many, and I think I looked and looked and looked for Potato Land because I swear I had seen it in there before. I I don't think, but it's not. I didn't see it, and I watched like as many of the posters as I could. So the other ones are Split Decision, Mumbai Mat Madness, which is right after the Tokyo Go one or right before Croissant de du Triomphe. um, Me trying my French there. Wish Upon a Coin and Wonders of the Deep. So those are were, those were all of the posters that kind of cycle through. Okay. Moving over to another cue that's really well done. And this question does make me a little nervous because there's so many details. I, there's a chance I might have missed this, and, but I'm, I'm going to go with it anyway. Which game or toy is not a part of the cue in Midway Mania? I gave you four choices and again I'm hoping my my answer is not in there somewhere where that I haven't seen it so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But so we have Monopoly, Uno, Tinker Toys, or Trouble.
1: There's definitely Tinker Toys. What so it was Monopoly? What was the second one? Uno. Uno. And Trouble. You said Tr- there's Tinker Toys. Yeah, there's definitely Tinker Toys. I don't know. I'm gonna take a, a guess here. I'm torn between Trouble because I don't really remember seeing that, or Monopoly. And I'm going to say Monopoly because I feel like that is a very popular game, and Disney probably just doesn't have the license to use it. Uh, And I don't really remember seeing anything Monopoly-related specifically. Um, Again, I don't remember seeing Trouble or anything in there either. I'm pretty sure I saw something uno but that could just be me, my mind playing my tricks on me. But I'm gonna go with Monopoly for this one because I just I feel like Disney didn't get the licensing rights to Monopoly.
0: Okay. So the Tinker Toys, you're right about Uno is some of like the the fencing to kind of between like the fast pass line and stuff. So that they use cards there and Oh no, yeah. I thought them. I
1: remember seeing Uno cards.
0: Monopoly is on the ceiling. So, oh, really? They yes. got they got the
1: rights to Monopoly. Yes, okay. Monopoly
0: is on the ceiling in one of the rooms. So the only one that I didn't see, and again, my answer could be wrong because I, I I mean, I looked around and tried to see it, but was trouble.
1: I don't remember seeing yeah trouble either. Again, but, I don't remember seeing Monopoly. I guess I never looked up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was looking all around because I was trying really hard to make this game, but. I mean, it's just so that that room is so saturated with things. This question does make me nervous because it's like, well, they could even have a treble piece somewhere that maybe I missed. But um, yeah, so that one's the one that I don't think there is anywhere in there. Now, this one is insanely hard, so I don't think you're going to get this at all. But in Space Mountain on the little star charts, name one of the nebula warp gates on on one of those star charts.
1: Crab Nebula.
0: How would you come up with that?
1: It's a very famous nebula. I just took a took a shot there.
0: So that's a okay. So that's a real one.
1: Okay. They're all real. Okay. Yeah, Crab Crab Nebula. Is that correct?
0: I kind of don't like you for that. Oh, right. nice. So yeah, that's one of them. So the the nebulas that they list are Flame. I
1: think Horseshoe's one of them too, isn't it?
0: Horsehead. You're close. Okay. So Flame, Eagle, Omega, Horsehead cat's eye and crab are the different nebulas there you
1: go all right
0: so i do have one other little question for you
1: i only missed two that's pretty yeah good. you did
0: a really good job like it's kind of sickening how good you did
1: again i, I think it helped because i was just there a few weeks ago
0: yeah if I, but honestly if you would have done the same game and you asked me these questions i probably would have gotten like five of them right because i'm not as observant i don't think as you are and
1: i will say crab nebula it's just a famous <laughs> nebula wild guess so i got lucky there
0: <laughs> okay so my last question and it goes back to Midway Mania cuz it's again so detailed. Mr. Potato Head, who is the animatronic in the line, is called like he, he's dressed up as what?
1: Oh, he's like a carnival barker.
0: Very yeah, he's a boardwalk barker. Good boardwalk. job. Okay, Good boardwalk, job. boardwalk.
1: Yes, that's Yeah, he has his uh there's like the box there that has like Mr. Potato Head mm-hmm. version. You're right; it's Boardwalk, uh, not Carnival. So it's close. There, I'd though. say you're close enough. There, close there. Okay,
0: not bad. Yeah, this you was did, a fun game. You did really well, but I mean, it's just it's amazing and. It is funny because there are some rides that just are so are so so detailed. I'm sure that there are other rides that I could have done, but I, there were some of them that just blew me away with the amount of detail, like Tower of Terror and Midway Mania, where it was just like hard not to use multiple questions. And even like Soren, which was one of their older ones. I mean, the question about the game. You know, people might not think about the game that's there so much. Um, I always forget to join it. I kind of want to, um, but the Patrick Warburton. So there's just a lot of things going on in some of those cues, which I really appreciate. And I probably could ask like 50 questions about Avatar, about the Flight of Passage one. But yeah, they they have some really excellent cues. We'll have to do an episode just ranking the cues sometime. Um, Yeah,
1: I was going to say there are some very uh, intricately detailed cues, and then there's some just regular old queue. Like I said, like Spaceship Earth, that is just metal bars in a queue. There's nothing, (laughs) nothing really magical about that one. Same with living with the land. I mean, nothing really magical about living with the land either.
0: They have those cool quotes though on the wall, which I like.
1: Yeah. But then you're right there. Then like Flight of Passage, Toy Story Mania, even Slinky Dog Dash. Oh um, yeah. Just incredibly detailed queues and really help you kind of forget that you're waiting in line for like two hours.
0: I don't know if I forget, but they help make it better. Exactly. <laughs> they they make they're make a little it bit of a, like a salve
1: yep. for it. All right. But that wraps up this week's episode. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for letting us your ears. Have
1: a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday.
0: Bye-bye.